Hello and welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. On um, the 12 Traditions, my name is Denise. I'm a recovering sexaholic. Hi, I, will, I will be facilitating this session, and I am joined by Steve. And Steve. <laughs> <laughs> So would you like to introduce yourselves? I'm Steve. I'm a sexaholic. And my sobriety date, I've been sober since August the 5th, 2001. It's listed as positive sobriety on two rivers. This is what it is. It's a tradition. It was listed on social, but this is what it's No, no, that's at 5 o'clock. This is 3.45. No, no, it's a different thing. It was online. Okay. Yeah, but this is it over here. This is what we're going by. Thank you. You're welcome. Sorry. I'm Steve. I'm a sexaholic. I've been sober since August the 5th, 2001. Hey, Steve. My name is Steve S. I'm from Long Island. I've been sexually sober since 1991. So, um, again, I'm Denise O., and I've been sexually sober since uh, the 29th of November, 2009. So each of us are, will share our recovery on this topic. Then we will take time to answer questions. Questions will be taken from the Ask It basket. If you wish to participate, write your question on the three the card. I think there's some cards here or for any piece of paper you have uh, and place it on the basket. Um, we will be speaking um, for, uh, we'll be dividing up into te- seven minutes, seven minutes, seven minutes, and then three minutes again and time for questions from the floor. Um, in the spirit of the fifth tradition to carry the message, this is a recorded session. The recording equipment will not be turned off during the session. We ask that you please silence all cell phones. So let's open now with the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, the wisdom to know the difference. Okay, so we'll start with Steve S. S. Well, you're Steve from New York. Steve from New York. Thank you. Hi, my name is Steve S. I'm from New York. Um, so, tradition number one states: for our common, for our group purpose, there is but one. I apologize. A common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon SA unity. So I'm a pretty tough person. Might not look at it. Time does that to people. But a lot of times I want to have my will met. So I used to carry a tremendous burden. How do I have my will met and make the group coincide with my will? And it was a terrible burden for me until I learned the tradition. I don't have to make my mind up. I can state my case. A group conscience is fabulous. It gets me out of the way and it gets you into there. And the guidelines in a group conscience, which is so important, is 
If there's 30 people in a group, 16 to 14 is not a group conscience. And a group conscience that is held without two or three weeks' notice is not really a well-thought-out group conscience. So once the group conscience comes there, I've learned that I don't have to make my mind up. I don't have to make your mind. We get together, we state our, our pluses and minus in there, and we have a group conscience. And that's what common welfare should come first. And the purpose of the group is to keep us safe and to give us a place to go. So uh, what came up this week in our group in Long Island, there is a woman there who's giving us an enormous amount of difficulty. She's obviously in an enormous amount of pain. So there are some of us who on one side are torn between we have to help this person, we have to keep our doors open. And on the other side of the equation, it's disruptive to the meeting and people's lives are being put at risk because the person has something that is not, let's say, healthy and can, can hurt other people. So we're, we're torn between two extremes and everything else. So we had a group conscious. Unfortunately, what the group conscious was, it wasn't told in enough time for us to present the case and do, and do justice to it. So, not a well thought out group conscience is not really a group conscience. And SA unity depends upon, you know, a people being together. So, all I know is that the traditions and the way it's posited here in the thing has saved my life. Because I'm not like other addicts in this room. I'm an egomaniac. I want to have my way, and I know better than everybody else. And I will go to a meeting, and I will say, oh, I have more time than everybody here. I know better, until I speak to Harvey, <laughs> until I speak to my sponsor. And they put me in my place and say, hey, buddy, this is what you have to do and everything else. you got to get out of the way. Take the group conscious and everything else. Now, also, we're part of a fellowship in SA.org. So even if my group comes up with something, we have an obligation to uphold the traditions of the fellowship that we're a part of. So we don't make our own rules up, and sometimes some things come up about people leading meetings with this and that and, you know, questions. So even if we have a group conscience, and even though each group is fully self-supporting, I'm part of SA.org, and I have to be true that if a person from, let's say, the holy city of Tennessee comes to our meeting, Nashville, Tennessee, that is, comes to our meeting, it's not strange to what they're experiencing there because we're part of an international fellowship and we follow a certain format. And I came in the program in 1991 and SA had a big problem because of certain things. And dissension destroyed the program. So we went from, let's say, 30 people in a room to seven or eight people and then, you know, and built up from there. So resentment is the number one killer of addicts. The traditions give us a chance to put resentments aside and it gives us a chance to work our program and have common cause and we need to have the room safe and everything else. Um, the word run, I will say it, R-U-N, when I put I, Steve S, in run, I ruin it. You know, and it's a, it's, it's a fellowship, and that's what it is. It's not a one person does everything for everybody and everything else. 
I have a problem, and his name is Steve. I'm my biggest problem and everything else. If I have a problem with anyone in the rooms, I'm not following the traditions. I love my serenity prayer. I use it all the time. I use it in my home and everything, and I use it in my program. I've seen more disregard for people's feelings who have different opinions on stuff like that. So I have, how much more time do I have? So the traditions are fabulous. They work. They're very simple and they're fabulous. It's not a me program. It's a we program. And I have a wonderful sponsor. He never, one time in 28 years, he told me, you can't do this. The other, all the other times, he said to me, pray on it. Pray on it, pray on it, pray on it. He never gave me an answer except for that one time. And God is the ultimate authority in our program. And it's all about God. And God comes through in the group conscience. There are a lot of other traditions and everything. Essay unity is very important and everything else. Um, I miss the old-time sponsors, you know, who work the steps, work the traditions. And I try to buy the old, you know, traditions book, you know, Discovering the Principles, which was in gray. It's not the same. It's it, it's it's not the same and everything else. But our problems remain the same. And our problem is we're fighting for our lives and we're fighting for sexual sobriety. And if we respect our traditions and we respect each other, we have a chance to get another day. If we don't follow the principles and it becomes all about me and getting my own way, the program has a, a big difficulty. And we are experiencing difficulties because of that. So... I'm going to stop there. I cede my extra time to Steve S. from Tennessee. Thanks, Steve. I hate to give up the microphone. You have no idea. (laughs) Uh, I'm Steve uh, uh, from Memphis. Uh, Thank you very much, Steve. Um, I'm a sexaholic. Um, um, I really enjoyed listening to that. Um, It sometimes mystifies me uh, what I hear and hear. Uh, People I've never met, and I'm like, who taught you that? It's like, somebody taught me that. Um, my, uh, the man that I learned, uh, the most from the, about, from the traditions was an AA old timer who'd done a lot of service work in AA. And he agreed to help me, uh, when I was getting started in, in some of my service work in SA. And, and I studied the traditions with him. He had studied the traditions with, uh, a man he called his service sponsor. So I call him my service sponsor. And, um, he told me that the traditions are a set of principles, uh, spiritual in nature, designed to protect the fellowship from my very best motives. And, and that just totally resonates with everything Steve was saying. Um, I came in here. I, I, I'm. I, I don't. I think I'm. Maybe not. I'm a little sicker than Steve because I didn't have to have more sobriety than you to think I knew better. Uh, I, I got out of treatment. Uh, I was in treatment for 90 days, and after about two or three months, I had read the 12 and 12, and I was ready to have a seminar to straighten all you out. And um, really, it is a continual opportunity. The traditions uh, are a model. 
uh, of the of the same I believe the same principles that are in the steps that are just played out at a different level of 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 life and that's the life of our community as a group and and then and then as we cooperate in other ways to try to carry out this this uh, essential purpose that we have um so um there are some things in the literature I really like the literature um I like um uh, reflecting on um, the things that my my teacher taught me and pointed out to me in the literature, and and they mean a lot to me, um, and they help me in my recovery because, like I say, it's the same principle. I think just uh, that that's in that that I need in my personal uh, uh, recovery, but it's at like a thousand foot view. Um, so here here's one example of the thousand foot view in the first uh, paragraph of Tradition One. On page 129 of the 12 and 12, the unity of Alcoholics Anonymous is the most cherished quality our society has. Our lives, the lives of all all to come, depend squarely on it. We stay whole or AA dies. Without unity, the heart of AA would cease to beat. Our world arteries could no longer carry the life-giving grace of God. His gifts to us would be spent aimlessly back again in their caves. The alcoholics would reproach us and say what a great thing AA might have been. And what my um, uh, service sponsor pointed out to me was this image of the world arteries. Um, and, and to him, that was the service structure. The service structure is individuals who spend time there there's a meeting that's maybe an hour every week or maybe it's um you know three times a week or five times a week but there's like of the 168 hours of the week most of the time in the week is between the meetings and a group is a uh, a set of recovered individuals who are committed and and it exists all the time it doesn't have a start time and and a uh, a finished time, and it doesn't even really have a place. The group is a spiritual entity, as it says in the long form of of, of the traditions. And um, so, this these world arteries are all of the relationships that allow us to carry this message to each other and to ourselves. Um, there's this quote that's based on this image that, that uh, I learned, that the, that the service structure, all the things that we do to, to, to create conventions or to get literature uh, and to support, to get donations to support a, an international office uh, whereby people can find meetings and, and find opportunities to serve, this service structure is nothing more and nothing less than a life support system for one sexaholic talking to another. So when Steve says that the traditions saved my life, I, I, I uh, second that statement. That, that is, it's, it's very essential to, to us because I can have the, the big book and I can have uh, uh, the instructions in the big book, um, but if I don't have a place where I can come and see that I belong to something bigger than the little problems that are that are surrounding me today, then I am not going to to stay alive. And and I'm gonna. Uh, there's another beautiful image to me from Tradition Three. Um, 
and they're talking about the early days of AA when there were just so few of them, and they were trying to get uh, this this thing, this new kind of organization in the world to take hold. Uh, and they had this idea that you're a member if you if if you have the desire. To establish this principle of membership took years of harrowing experience. In our early time, nothing seemed so fragile, so easily breakable as an AA group. Hardly an alcoholic we approached paid any attention. Most of those who did join us were like flickering candles in a windstorm. Time after time, their uncertain flames blew out and couldn't be relighted. Our unspoken constant thought was, which of us may be the next? And... The flickering candles in a windstorm, there's, there's an image here that, that's implied by what uh, Bill wrote there that, that I find really beautiful. And if I've got a candle that's in danger of, uh, you know, if I'm in the wind, it's going to blow out. But if we've all got a candle and we huddle together with our candles in the center, not only do we protect uh, our candles from the wind, but we... We put that light together and it grows in the middle of us. And I feel that in the middle of a room uh, in an essay meeting. And, I, and to me, that feeling is, is, is at the heart of what the traditions are about. And I'm going to pass to Denise now. Hush. Thank you, Steve. And how can I f- follow that poetic imagery? <laughs> um, yeah, for me, I just... So for me, the traditions are not more important than the steps. But if I look at tradition five, which is um, our primary purpose, a lot of people think that the primary purpose of the fellowship is to stay sober. But actually, the primary purpose is to bring the message to the still suffering sexaholic. And if we don't have healthy meetings, nobody can be a, can survive. I can't survive and nobody else can survive. So I'm self-centered to the core. So everything I do is for me. But actually, you know, it's about the group. So they'll just read this um, part here. So... Um, there is another, uh, so the, the tradition five is each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. There is another reason for this singleness of purpose. It is the great paradox of AA that we know we can seldom keep the precious gift of sobriety unless we give it away. If a group of doctors possessed a cancer cure, they might be conscious stricken if they failed their mission through self-seeking. Yet such a failure wouldn't jeopardize their personal survival. For us, if we neglect those who are still sick, there is unremitting danger to our own lives and sanity. Under these compulsions of self-preservation, duty and love, it is not strange that our society has concluded that it has but one high mission, to carry the AA message to those who don't know there's a way out. Um, So, so yeah, um, the steps are for me to stay sober. You know, I look at myself and I, I surrender lust and, and all the bits that we know about. And the, the traditions are how I relate to my group and also then to the world and to other people. You know, I think I have a real uh, passion for the traditions because I realize that in a group conscience, doing service reaching out, I learn so much about how to be in the world. You know, it's not about me 
you know, inside of myself. And over these last couple of days, we were in meetings and yes, we were carrying out the the business of the fellowship and, and, and stuff like that. But I was personally growing at every difficulty, at everything that I was doing, how to interact with others. You know, if I have a disease of misconnectedness, you know, um, I need to learn how to connect with others, you know, and we take the, the ego out, you know, so there's also the principles before personalities part, you know, I might have a best friend in the meeting that I'm really fond of, but I just completely disagree with them, you know, so I just have to use the group conscience and say, well, actually, I don't agree with that because I think in tradition five, it states, you know, and it gives a freedom to be able to express what I need to express without offending or um, being interrupted. And we're still friends after because, you know, it's just a group conscience, you know. Um, and for me, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, I have difficulty in relationships, right? I have difficulty <laughs> listening to others. I have difficulty, you know, letting them speak or, you know, and to have these guiding principles, um, Remember years ago, I was talking to an American lady and I'm from Ireland and, you know, she's from California. For us, we're all very reserved and very proper, you know, we didn't, we didn't used to talk about feelings. Now we do a little bit, you know, we didn't used to have them, you know, now we have a bit. And I was saying, eventually I said, you know, at that point I was in AA and she says, good for you. And I, I was like, wow, I love Americans. They're just so cool, you know. <laughs> AA is character building. You know, and you know what? It is character building, you know, and I was going to another event, a spiritual event where there was a number of different religious traditions and it was just a, a recounting of, it wasn't a conversion thing. You know, it was just, everyone was just describing, you know, there, and every week there was a different one and it was really beautiful. And, uh, at the end of it, I was sitting there and I had a real awakening, but the awakening was I wanted to bring this. And just, you know, say, but not to preach it, but I was really struck by the fact that I understood everything they were talking about. Making amends, honesty, all the spiritual tenets in the world, you know, are, I'm being taught by our program. You know, it's a really deep, profound um, life you know, so staying sober keeps me alive and the traditions help me, you know, be alive, you know. Um, so for me, it, it's it, they're really important. And um, I think I'm going to stop now because I'm very tired <laughs> and I'll let somebody else get back. And if I have any other thoughts, I'll share them. Thank you for listening. Yes. How many hours did I have? Hi, my name is Stephen. I'm a grateful recovering sexaholic. So this is what I did wrong. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of our program. I blew it. I mentioned something that happened in my group. How dare I do that? I was wrong. I'm not supposed to do that. And I was horrible. I don't, you know, I was wrong. That's all I could do is simply say that I was wrong. And I have violated one of the traditions of the spiritual foundation of our program. I don't know how to make an amends to that, but I have to state it right away. Number 10 is we have no opinion on outside issues. So into the rooms right now, people are, and I was called on this because people bring things in from therapy and outside issues which don't belong in the rooms. And 
we have our guidelines to use AA literature and SA-approved literature. And sometimes things come into the room, and some of the things, I love them. They're really great things, but we have our guidelines, and we're not supposed to have it. So outside issues, I have a big bugaboo about it, is therapy. In my, of course, I'm a therapist. So in our groups today, we have more people who have therapists than have sponsors. And it's tough. And then we have sponsors who haven't worked the steps. And it's not the program that I came into a long time ago. And, and I miss that. But I want to get back to the number one killer of addicts is resentment. If I go to an SA meeting and I have a resentment and that resentment can kill me, I'm in big trouble. So the resentment in our sheets, it says resentment is anger that hasn't said its prayers. So I have a job to do. I cannot afford to have resentment. I can, I can give them, my sponsor told me, hey, buddy, give all the resentments you want. You'll get over it. Let them deal with it. But I cannot sacrifice my serenity going to a meeting where the traditions are not upheld. So I see to you. Thank you, Steve. Steve, sexaholic. Um, yeah, um, resentment for sure um, to me is a killer, and and it's a and it's a manifestation of self of ego, um, and and the traditions are are about uh, that same thing for me. When I was uh, first here, I was trying to use the traditions to get you to do right. I was uh, reading them and interpreting them and going up and telling you what I thought, and you weren't you were violating them. And 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 so the traditions were uh, uh, used uh, uh, to you know to, as an excuse for me to tell you how I thought it should be, and and what I learned was I've got to submit to the principles in the traditions, and if I do, then you know it takes me back to the steps and the recovery in the steps, and my problem is me, just like was said before. And my sponsor gave me this bookmark that says, it's not them. Um, it's me. Um, and so um, the the group conscience and d- does offer me a safe place to share my opinion within bounds. Uh, and it also gives me an opportunity to let go uh, and accept what the group decides, even when I'm cer- especially when I'm sure that they they got it wrong. Um, the best suggestion I may have ever heard uh, was the words I spoke to a sponsee, and they are good advice for me. Um, he was in a meeting where there were a lot of people in the problem, and he was really struggling um, with what they were doing wrong. And I heard myself say these words, and I knew they weren't my words, but um, and, and I found them later. They're, they're in the book. I'll show you where they are if you want to know. But, but I said, stop focusing on what's wrong with, with them and start focusing on what they're doing right. I mean, there's sick people, and they're in a room together trying to get well. And within a week or so, he was having a completely different experience in that meeting, and I was very impressed <laughs> with, with that. I was like, holy cow, um, that actually worked. And so I started trying it, and I find that I can, if I let go, 
in a meeting where people are stuck in the problem and I start realizing they're in the problem because they're sick sexaholics like me and that could be me. And I start seeing myself in them and I start feeling a part of Whereas if I get into judgment and resentment, I start feeling apart from, which takes me back to tradition one. Th- this separation from you uh, that I feel in the disease is is a is a, is an illusion, and this is about waking up. And so the traditions help me wake up. That's that's my time's up. Thanks. Want to go again? Um, yeah, I talk a little bit about tradition three, which is. Um, sorry. Oh, the only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. So the only requirement for membership to SA is a desire to stop lusting. So to stay sexually sober. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and stop lusting, hopefully. <laughs> Um, and so I think it's just something that's a little bit, uh, current at the moment, you know, we're kind of discussing a little bit about, you know, um, specialized meetings, you know, like gender specific meetings or other kinds of meetings. And, you know, can we turn members away from any meeting? Okay. And, uh, we, we, for according to tradition three, we can't. Okay. So just something to be thinking about, you know. Um, so a story in Ireland, we had a woman only meeting and it wasn't listed as such. It was just listed as a meeting and a newcomer man went down to the meeting and it took him about a week or two to realize it was woman only meeting because they didn't say you can't stay here. You're an alcoholic who's, he was a newcomer you know and so i think that if we don't know the traditions we don't realize you know what the implications of certain things are you know um and that's why it's really important that we inform ourselves through the the traditions uh, to know if our groups are in accordance to the traditions and for me the traditions are non-negotiable you know, obviously they'll be limited by my own ability to understand my own perception, you know, and they'll change. My perception of them will change in time as I, you know, progress in my own recovery and experience more of the traditions. But I, I, uh, like Steve, made a concerted effort and I was sponsored, um, through the traditions. And I have a, ser- I have a service sponsor as well. Um, so I have a step sponsor and a service sponsor. Um, and I think it's really important because for me, you know, if I turn anyone away from a meeting there, I am risking their life. And for me, it's immoral personally. Um, and it's, it's the basis of, you know, the, the, the 12 traditions and we have the 12 concepts as well, you know, so it's kind of a whole package really, um, and so, um, that's my little, uh, my little hot potato for the moment, uh, my own topic. <laughs> that's twice I've played the woman card though, Steve, huh? <laughs> uh, oh, I didn't hear that. <laughs> okay. So now. Thank you. Okay. So, um, I'm not too sure how we want to do the uh, questions here. It says there's a piece of paper and maybe there's only, so perhaps if people would like to come up here and just say their question into the microphone or is that, um, we, we can do that. Is there, is there a chair or?
We can we can move to the podium. Yeah, let's move the this to the podium. And um, what do you think about calling on some people too? Is there some short people in here? Yeah. I got a question. Is it John? Yeah. John. I'm John. I'm a sexaholic. Hey, John. I was really interested in what you were saying about um, the traditions um, playing a role in, in general relationships. And I'd love to hear you guys speak on that. So just spiritual principles like attraction rather than promotion, anonymity, or um, resigning from the de- debating society, um, how that uh, affects relationships outside of kind of a meeting context. Yeah, um, in a really kind of basic, basic thing, um, I went on a road trip with my sponsor and her husband. And the difference between it and then my past experience, you know, in life would have been my dad would have, you know, bunged us all into the car. If he needs to go to the toilet, tough luck, you know, we're not stopping or, you know, be quiet and off you go. And so with this trip, it was, well, there's three of us. We actually had mini group consciences around everything. You know, do you want to have lunch now? I'd rather, what about you? Discussion. Would you like this place, the other place? You know, and the experience really struck me. It was very much um, mindful. My sponsor is very mindful of the traditions. It's listening to others, you know, having a group conscience, making sure everybody's heard um being able to disagree no i don't want to stop now and you know and it seems very laborious and very long but it's a, just a different experience so for me that's a very kind of grassroots very simple you know in my workplace um i actually let my colleagues speak until they have finished and they go denise are you you know and i yeah i'm just i'm listening and I, oh i you know are you finished now yes okay so i'll give you my input now you know, very kind of basic things, um, you know, common per like uh, primary purpose or common welfare. What is the common welfare of anything you're doing? You know, um, in your home, you're going to repair something in your house. You know, everyone has a voice. Are we for our common welfare going to, you know, do up the kitchen or not do up the kitchen? You know, discuss it. You know, it's just bringing it into the very much and in the interpersonal relationships, it's really, really important. But that would take another two sessions, I think, to actually go into the depth of it. And they have worked um, people. I have worked the traditions in relationships specifically with a sponsor, you know, so an hour a week on the phone, how we go through the traditions in application to our relationships in our lives. So there's lots of possibilities out there. I just want to say one thing. Denise, thank you. I came to this conference because I needed to know something, and Denise gave me what I needed to know. Tradition-free. The meetings have to be open to anybody who wants to be sexually sober, not what we as a group decide. That's our primary purpose, to keep it open. So I just wanted to say thank you because I'm part of SA.org, 
not part of just one meeting room, and that was what I wanted. That's what I needed to hear more than anything else. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Steve Sexaholic. Um, yeah, I, I am a relationship cripple, and um, the traditions <clears throat> aren't just about what we do in here. Um, uh, they are an outgrowth of, of step 12 in practicing these principles in all our affairs. And so they really, I think, if I look for guidance in the, in the traditions, uh, there's a lot of experience in, in this fellowship uh, and, and in the AA fellowship and, and other places about these principles, and sometimes they're not even called by the same language that we use in here, um, but I've heard, you know, the, the truth is God's property wherever you find it, and and so there's a lot of truth about uh, right living and right relationship in the traditions. Um, there, there are a lot of teachers. There, there's a AA guy, and I can tell you his name, and 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 show you uh, talk, uh, let you talk to the guy uh, taping this place, and and there's there's a, I know some workshops on how that traditions apply to relationships. In my experience, um, recently I've found uh, I, I work at a university, and I've found that something like the traditions applies to what happens in in the university. There is a different uh, primary purpose. There is a different ultimate authority for the university, and there is a different mechanism uh, for for getting a, a group decision. But there is an orderly process, and there is a way that uh, I can, if I'm willing, submit my ego and um, and and participate effectively and functionally in, 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 a, in a great whole. And, and it's a great thing to see that I'm able to do this because my disease was all about the separation and, and uh, learning uh, to, to be a part of something um, is, 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 I think, for me, what recovery is. Um, back to the whole resentment thing, um, the, 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 I know the, the spiritual barometer that tells me... Uh, then I need to look for guidance in applying the principles in a relationship especially, is when I'm right. And and I think this ties back to what Steve was saying about resentments. It's like, I don't think I ever had a resentment that didn't start with me being right about something. And when I am right about something, it means that I I, I hold very tightly to my own opinion. And the program teaches me to release my grip on what I think I know for sure, which is not to say throw it away, but it means that God <laughs> is in charge of the truth. And if my opinion is is correct, then God will take care of the rest. And if I am wrong about something and I ha- am holding it loosely, then God can straighten me out about it. And then I can be effective in, in, in relationships and be who I'm supposed to be. So I think that's what, uh, to thine own self be true, um, becoming who God created me to be. That's what the disease robs me of, and that's what the program and the fellowship give me back. Thanks. Thanks. Hi, 
I'm Yossel, the recovering sexaholic. Sorry, I'm not talking in the mic because I think the shop has started. Um, I'll speak up. Basically, my question is to the, the, the panel, uh, how about uh, doing a group conscious? Usually, sometimes, especially the morning meetings when all of us rush to work and we start a group conscious on some uh, topic, whether we should change the reading or whatever, and it starts a whole discussion, like, I think, so, like this, and then the other person picks up the hand he wants to say like this, and and it becomes, like, really time-consuming. So um, what uh, what we did recently is we said that next week is going to be a vote about this and this, and we can discuss it a whole week, but by the meeting it's only a vote. The question is, is that with the traditions or without the traditions, how is that um, with the traditions? Um, the second question I had is about the seventh tradition where how obligated are we self support? We are self supporting through our own contribution. Uh, otherwise, where it affects SA as a whole. Now, if SA as a whole has a, has a group uh, room or whatever, like uh, responsibility and certain groups have different places, are they responsible to fund the SA uh, group as a whole? to fund the other room as well. Uh, thanks, thanks for the question. Um, I'm sorry, I should have brought that. Um, there's a really good book that's part of our literature. It's called Discovering the Principles. I've got an old one. Uh, they've got new ones out at the desk um, with this new cover. Um, the old cover is <laughs> inside. <laughs> um, but it's got an article um, uh, about group conscience. And a group conscience is not the same thing as uh, just asking everybody in the meeting to take a vote um, and talking about it. A group uh is like I said, is not just the people in the room in the meeting today. It, it's it's a it's a group of people that are committed to supporting uh, meetings and the message. And and so and it, like like uh, I think Steve said, um, correct me if I, I misremember it, but uh, an actual group conscience is a process whereby um, there's informed discussion and time for everyone to share. And so it really can't be hurried. Um, uh, group consciences generally take place at a business meeting that everybody knows when it's going to be. And my service sponsor would always give the example of a, um, of a closed meeting. And many times, this is an AA example, many times there would be somebody in the room, a newcomer, who would introduce themselves, say, hi, I'm Steve, I'm an addict. And, you know, this is for alcoholics. And so they would take a group conscience and, and say, we're going to make this an open meeting so the addict can stay here. And, and that's really not, he, in, in his view, and again, there's a range of opinions. So if you disagree with this, your opinion is, 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 is we're all the same here. There's no experts. Um, but um, as I was taught, and, and I, I, I hold to this and believe this model, if the business, if the business meeting said this is a closed meeting, that's the group conscience. And, and the people in the, the opinion, what the people in the meeting want to do on a given day is not the same. And, and it sort of undermines the principle to try to just make decisions on the fly when 
the group has taken time to meditate and pray and say, this is what we want. So that's one thing about Tradition 2. And then the other thing about Tradition 7, and a little confusion there, because Tradition 7, uh, uh, the, the part about in matters affecting essay as a whole, that's in Tradition 4, and it relates to autonomy. So Tradition 7, um, I think each group... But, but Tradition 4 says the groups are autonomous except in matters affecting essay as a whole. And groups have a right to be wrong um, according to uh, – what all this really means in my view is that if we do the wrong thing – we're going to get the kind of results that will let us know <laughs> that it's not working. And if we're willing to pay attention, we can get a lesson that's going to lead us back to the right thing. Now, my, my disease was all about doing the wrong thing, getting the kind of results that tells me this isn't working, and ignoring it and keep doing it. Keep doing the wrong thing, expecting different results. And, and so recovery is about listening and making the best decision that I know how to make, uh, listening to what I think God wants me to do, and then relying on him to guide me. If I, and I look at the results, and I, I try to say, is this the kind of result that comes from a right decision or the kind of result that comes from a wrong decision? And I think that this same idea of a group that decides to look for God's will can do the same thing. And and whether it's about their their finances or about... Uh, you know, some other decision. The right decision might be the mistake that the group has to make today in order to learn the right decision. I don't know if that makes any sense. If not, do what your sponsor says, and I'm good with that. Um, no, just um, about the contributing money aspect, I think I heard reference to, you know, um, when in doubt, send money to Seiko. That's all I can say to you. <laughs> I just want to say that having a group conscience at the end of a meeting, when half of the meeting is not there, is not really a group conscience, you know. And I would rather me personally, as, as part of a if it, if I don't have a, if we don't have a majority, and a majority is not 16 to 14, a majority is 16 to 8, you know, an overwhelming majority, then, then we, we let it stand, you know, the way it is. So, setting time for it and, and advancing it beforehand and giving everybody a chance to hear, because otherwise, we're gonna have a lot of resentments there. And if we're wrong, we probably admit it, as Steve said, and we move on, we don't get stuck there. They addicts will drive us crazy. <laughs> and it's not a long drive. <laughs> somebody had somebody else had a question? I'm Ed W, sexaholic. And uh, my question is about equality. Um Tradition 12 talks about principles over personalities. And then the other aspect is uh, the effectiveness of, of, of everybody's dignity uh, and how the traditions flesh that out. 
Um, what was the first part of that, Ed? The quality. Other yeah. Anonymity. Anonymity. Is the principles before personalities. Yeah, um, I love that. Um, it doesn't say principles instead of personalities. My personality is not the problem. It's getting it rightly aligned with principles. And if I put principles first and I subject myself to personalities, then who I'm supposed to be is Steve, but not the Steve I've been. The Steve I'm supposed to be will flow out of this when I do this. We're not all supposed to be the same, at least not today. Um, and I think that puts uh, that goes back to something that I was taught. I said it earlier. There's no experts in here. If I become an expert, I'm in danger. I've got to be another bozo on the bus. Um, so I think that speaks to what Ed was saying, uh, or it, it, what Ed was saying resonates with uh, in that place in me. Um, the second part, um, I'd really like to hear Ed share about <laughs> um, uh, uh, if if he's willing, and or or if Steve or Denise want to say anything. Yeah, it was deep. <laughs> You want to share a little bit about that part? Give, give me your sobriety date while you're at it. Um, I'm Ed W. Sexaholic from uh, the Louisville, Kentucky area. My sobriety date is January 1, 91. And um, the, the point I was making... Uh, about dignity, um, and and it's partly been addressed. Um, is that I'm a sick sexaholic. I don't get cured of my illness, and my sobriety is progressive victory over lust. When I forget, I'm a child of God, a loving God. And I start acting like God, then something's out of whack. And that's a problem. And I need a group to keep me in check. I need a safe group, a group that works by the principles of the 12 traditions. Everybody talks about the steps, and rarely do people talk about the traditions. Without the traditions, we don't exist because we would kill each other. That's a fact. We're dangerous people in our illness. At least, let's speak for Ed. I can truly tell you that lust turned me into a monster. And uh, there's no respect about me. I move from shame to shameless when lust is driving the show. And I need somebody outside of me can speak into my darkness and bring out the light. Deep down inside, 
every one is the place of the Creator. And I don't know about you guys. I was looking for love in all the wrong places. And and I didn't find any respect in any of those places. And I was not respectful. Love without respect is no love at all. And respect and dignity go together. I have a loving creator that created a creature, me. But I have some of that creator's quality about me. That's the stuff of the principles. My personality is all over the place. Because my disease centers in my mind, which is part of my personality. And the spirit's where it's at. The language of the heart, and you could say that the heart is kind of the stuff of the spirit too. Um, Dignity, respect, and the rewards of uh, those qualities are just as important as love. There's a balancing factor in there. This is me speaking out of (laughs) my experience and it could very well be just my opinion. I don't know. But thanks for letting me share. I just want to, my name is Steve. I'm a great recovering sexaholic. I just want to say, if Ed was at the meeting, I wasn't at this meeting, where this poor person was shamed and treated horribly, where there was no, and there was yelling. I wasn't there. There was yelling and screaming and degradation. God was not in that room. It was addicts in that room, and we should have invited God in there, and we were wrong. And what we did was a, a horrible thing. I'm glad I wasn't there, but Ed, God bless you. How far is Lowell, Kentucky from New York? Hi, <laughs> I'm Carlton. Um, I'm grateful recovering sexaholics. And I'll start by saying that my background is I'm a numbers guy. So they allowed me to be the chair of the finance committee. The first thing I learned after getting ready for my first discussion of the budget with the GDA is nobody else in the room is a numbers guy. (laughs) So I had to learn how to write my report without any numbers in it. (laughs) There weren't any commas in it either. So... Uh, I've been doing that for about 12 years now. And uh, so a couple years ago, they asked me to join the literature committee. I would be the last person to put on the literature committee, I tell you. But they wanted me to write about finance in, in the fellowship. So I figured I'd sit in a, they have conference calls, so I sat on the first couple of conference calls, and they were talking about writing the essay traditions. And I said, oh, this is easy. You just take the traditions from the AA, and you cross out the word alcohol and put in lust. And... uh, I found out they were thinking a little differently than that. So I started my work on the 
finances. And I said, well, I better look to Tradition 7. And uh, this will be a discussion of Tradition 7. And I shortly figured out maybe Tradition 7 doesn't tell the whole story. And then I found Tradition 5, our primary purpose is delivering the message. And that's really where finances begin because it tells us how we're going to use our money. Tradition 7 only speaks to how we obtain our money. So that's what I've been struggling with. Um, is is uh, I looked at in fact if you look at any one of the traditions it does tell us how we can, what we can do with our money and how we shouldn't do with our money they put boundaries on uh, how to managing in mathematics that's uh, lays out a a means to solve any problem. You have an objective that you want to reach. You have how everything works together, and then you have constraints on what you can do. And you start crunching those in those big computers, and you come out with the answer. So, but the more important thing is, I want to get back to the idea that the the fellowship is in the process of writing the traditions. And the committee has, I think, put out a a second draft of the first two traditions. And the trouble we have is um, finding what the essay traditions mean. The essay, not a retranslation of the AA, traditions into essay, but the real message about what the essay means. And so I encourage any of you that gets into studying the traditions and coming up with stories about the essay traditions to submit those to the literature committee to essay because we need that input. The literature committee is not charged with writing these pamphlets in this literature. We find stories that we collect from the fellowship and we put them together and edit it. We correct the spelling, we put in the commas and do those kinds of things. So we're looking to you and the fellowship to provide that input. So I thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> Anything you've heard at this meeting is strictly the opinion of the individual participant, principal's best sayer, found our 12 steps and 12 traditions. Let's circle up, and Steve's going to lead us in a closing prayer. After a moment of silent meditation, those still sick and suffering inside and outside of these rooms. Let's take a deep breath. God. Grant me the serenity with such things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can.
I'm really glad we got to. Oh, well, I'm really enjoying it. I was going to say, I really enjoyed being on the panel with you. I needed it. I needed it more than anything else. I came here with those questions. How do we deal with this that was was not treated like a human? So regardless of anything else, Ed gave me money. If we can't treat people in a dignified way, then we have no right to Then we have no right to ourselves in that sacred. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.